Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. It is 8.54. I'm Howard Feldman. A very, very good morning to you. So we've been struggling here a little bit because these stories are important stories to tell. The problem with it is that they're also very traumatizing, not only for us, but uh, in fact, definitely for us. I'm quite traumatized, I have to say, uh, but also for our children. We try to be a little bit more careful in terms of details before we know children are dropped off at school. But at the same time, these stories are still filtering through and we reacting to them, of course, as we should because we are human. What do we do about it? How do we handle it? Pam Tudin is a clinical psychologist. Pam, a very good morning. Thank you for joining us. It's not an easy, it's not an easy one, is it? It's never a simple thing to explain war to children, not at all. Um, but there are some ground rules that make it possible to keep it manageable um, in bite-sized chunks for children to, you know, they pick up on the, what we are saying irrespective, no, no matter how careful we are. So we have to be sure that we are imparting the right message, that we're filtering in the correct way, because, you know, I think a blank filter makes children even more anxious because they can pick up that we're leaving things out um, or not telling them anything. And then, you know, as with all of us, when we know that there is something happening but people refuse to tell us, our mind goes to the gutter and children are no different and children are literal and concrete. So when they hear things, you know, like... Uh, we might in passing say to somebody, you know, they're bombing the hell out of us, um, to use a phrase. Mm, Children mm. are literal and, and they really would believe that that is the, the case. Um, you know, I remember once somebody saying when I was very little in 1976, we're going to wake up dead in our beds. And it, you know, it's that phrase has stayed with me. Mm. Um, I actually use it all the time. People get irritated. You know, they woke up, you know, they use it kind of flippantly, but, uh, yeah, it, I didn't realize it came back, it came from all the way back then. It does indeed. So the, the fundamental rules are really about asking, listening and answering last. So when they say to us, what is war or what do they mean when they say they are going into the envelope? We have to really ask them first, what do they think it means so that we can hear where their minds are at? And then what really, you know, we can't avoid, we can't defer. Um, we have to be able to give them little pieces to hold on to. So am I safe? Right now I am. Let's look at the map. Let's look at where things are. Other people are not safe right now. You are right. Um, and there are things that we can do about that in terms of what we can do right here. We can write letters to soldiers. We can put food parcels together. We can focus also on some of the good. You know, we have to have a narrative with these children about how much humanitarian aid is going into different places right now. We can't give false reassurances for teenagers. We absolutely have to give more of the story. These are perfect moments to talk about fake news and the destructiveness that can come with that. We have to be careful not to let CNN move into our bedroom, bathroom and, and lounge. You know, make time for when we are going to bed down as a family and turn it off. This is a time to become tight, you know, mm, and remind mm. our families we are still us. We, thank the thank heavens, are still us. So it's a time to really hold tight onto the boundaries and know what those boundaries are, to count our blessings, but really to give information in palatable ways to children that they can do something with. So, you know, to explain moral dilemmas, to explain what fighting over land means, to, in terms they get, you know, when, 
when you're fighting over your iPad with your brother or sister, sometimes you think mom and dad are getting involved in that we partisan. Adults also feel like that sometimes when they are fighting over things. These are moments to really bring home metaphors that they can relate to. So those are just some of the things that we can do um, to keep the information flowing in a way that is information that they can take and that it can land somewhere and that they can make sense. And, and I guess, of course, just to keep reiterating that this is quite far away. Yeah, we might be upset about it, but it's, it's, it's nowhere near where we are because where, where we presume certain uh, knowledge and context, it might be possible that they don't have that. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think it's good to own that, mm. to say, I don't have all the answers right now. Tell me how you're understanding it. I'll tell you how I'm understanding mm. it. Mm. Let's try and make sense of it together. You know, especially for older kids, let's look something up. Let's look up what Hamas means or what liberation means or what, you know, so that we can start having meaningful conversations with our children as opposed to, you know, when they hear us, um, make retaliatory comments when we're watching CNN, which often we do quite flippantly. Like, mm-hmm. we'll say, just so and so was in front of me, I would do X or Y. Mm-hmm. What our children are hearing is the world's out of control, but so are my parents. You know, so this is a time to really find ways to have conversations with them where they can see, gee, my parents are critical thinkers. My parents have a value base. Where do I land in that value base? Can I align with that? Even if they're little, little, mm, you know, mm. to talk about things like fairness and teams and how to play fair and what does that mean when you're angry with someone? What's the best way to and show, you know. those values from, uh, and, and yeah. thought process from early on. Pam, we do need to leave it there. It is about to go nine o'clock. Thank you, as always, for chatting to us.